This is Horsepower Happenings. Tear up the body panel, fine. You know, you can bend those. You could have destroyed the whole race car, if not worse. I don't have any problem racing each other and trading paint and moving people. I mean, that's it's a short track bull ring. This right. is not Daytona. From the MCRP studios in the Motor City. But I do know also one thing. By the time I'm his age, I'll have more than 100 wins, and I promise you that. With Zach Heiser. Fager leads him down on the bottom side of the racetrack. Moyer trying to make something happen on the top shelf. Big run. He'll cross over now down the back straightaway into turn number three. Moyer puts the binders on Fager nearly on the bike. And Rich Frank. Any progress, Zach, that they made on the last stop, they ruined on this one. So now they're really trying to get this thing off the ground. From the Motor City Racing Promotion Studios. Hey, guys, this is Ford Hodge. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion, Rusty Schlink. This is Bobby Santos. This is Travis Stemler. This is Travis Braden. This is Andrew Shai. David Melky. Josh Fry. Ryan Rule. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fan. Welcome in to Horsepower Happenings on this beautiful 8th day of June. Glad to have you with us. It appears as though it is time to turn up the wick in Michigan for auto racing. I have all sorts of stuff to go over, but before we get into that, let's take a look at what's happening in a Motor City Minute. A.J. Allmendinger crossed winning an oval race off of his bucket list by winning Saturday's NASCAR Xfinity Series event from Atlanta Motor Speedway. Allmendinger bested Noah Gregson and Justin Haley even throughout his Cup Series career. All of Allmendinger's wins under the NASCAR circuit came at road courses prior to Saturday. The big cat, Brad Sweet, capped off a pristine World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series weekend at Beaver Dam Raceway's Beaver Dam Bash. Passing coroner Casey Kane, Sweet went on to win the race and left the event as the World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series points leader. The Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series returned to action June 12th and 13th at Cherokee Speedway and Smoky Mountain Speedway. The exciting part, fans will be invited to attend the events for the first time since February. And speaking of fans being at sanctioned events, the Utah Motorsports Campus will host the second Arkham Menards Series West event of the season on June 27th. Spectators will be invited to attend those events. That and so much more happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening. Welcome in. Glad to be with us. Zach Heiser, Rich France, still from the uh, social distancing temporary MCRP studios for now. I do believe, Rich, we might get a chance to get back to Sterling Heights here in the very near future. Good evening. Welcome in. How are you doing? Good, buddy. How are you? How's everything going? Uh, hey, we got some racing and options this weekend. Yeah, we do have some options, and we're going to have to take a look at that. And uh, racing is back, and it was back in a very big but yet awkward way over the weekend down in Ohio. Yeah, it sure was, Zach. I was I was, I was so happy and, and kind of saddened at the same time. It was really I, – I watched all the events take place as action returned to the world's most popular dirt track this weekend as Eldora Speedway hosted three nights of racing – for the inaugural Dirt Late Model Stream Invitational. The event was by invitation only. And what was probably the most unbelievable sight was an empty grandstand uh, at Eldora Speedway uh, due to the mass gathering restrictions uh, set up as a result of the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, night one, you could say, was a huge surprise, Zach, as an alternate invitee, Kyle Strickler, uh, led wire to wire in the 30 lap uh, feature event to claim $10,000 for his payday. Uh, Shane Clanton and Brandon Shepard would comp 
complete the podium on Thursday, Friday evening on tonight too. And it was uh, big sexy Brandon Overton who uh, parked himself in victory lane on Friday night uh, with a stellar performance. Uh, he too would collect 10 K for his efforts while Jimmy Owens and Dale McDowell would round out the podium. And then it was on to Saturday night for Eldora's 67th birthday and it was only fitting uh, that the dirt car late models put on an unbelievable thriller in the 67 lap, $50,000 to win event. Uh, it took a green, white, checkered finish to decide the winner, Zach. Tim McCready nailed the throttle off of turn four and led the mad, mad scramble on the final restart into turn one with fellow Eldora late model crown uh, winners, Brandon Shepard, Jonathan Davenport, and Bobby Pierce in tow. Uh, after spending most of the race uh, at the bottom, McCready let his uh, number 39 machine drift up to the top side of the racetrack to try to block any potential moves. Uh, not knowing if it would work or not, but it did. T-Mac powered down the backstretch and left his competition in the dust to win the inaugural running of the event. And his first marquee late model event at the Big E, since the 2018 World 100, Bobby Pierce and Dale McDowell would chase T-Mac to the checkers. Yeah, very exciting weekend from Eldora for sure, and uh, looking forward to getting fans back in the stands there at the Big E. Donamar Coolier took his Club 29 Black Diamond chassis to Merritt Speedway Victory Lane Saturday for the $2,000 to win 40-lap feature event. Marcoulier led from the drop of the green flag and held off charges from 2019 track champion David Melke and last week's feature winner Cody Bauer to get what was an emotional win. This is an interesting story, Rich. Marcoulier and his girlfriend Sarah Klein found that she had a tumor on her brain just days before the race was to begin. Uh, earlier uh, in the week, Klein was quickly taken to an intensive care unit where the tumor was successfully removed. She's now home recovering with family. Mark Coolier posted on Facebook that Klein told him that he needed to race that weekend. Turns out, Rich, that it was a good idea for him to go. He'd got the win. Uh, the same week, some, some really interesting stories out of Merritt this weekend, because in uh, the same week that his grandfather, legendary Michigan racer Jay Woolworth, passed away, we brought you that information last week, his grandson, Jake Thompson, started mid-pack and made a last lap pass around Rick Spencer to capture the factory stock feature win. A caution on lap 17 of the 20-lap event allowed Thompson, who restarted third, to burst to the front of the field and win uh, for the uh, first time in 2020 for the Birch Run Natives. So a couple of really cool stories out of merit this weekend, Rich. You know, Zach, so, I mean, can you say, say divine intervention sometimes, yeah. how the sometimes this stuff works out? Yeah, it's pretty neat, and uh, what, what a weekend of racing it was, too. So, and uh, uh, also, by the way, Pro Stock Special uh, was held this weekend at Merritt Speedway. $500 on the line to go to Victory Lane if you pick up the win in the Pro Stocks. And uh, so we should pass along that it was none other than back-to-back uh, than, uh, -back winner for, for the Pro Stock Division. Um, and, and that was uh, Austin Harnick. There it is. Austin Harnick uh, went went back to back and picked Austin up the pro. Harnick, that's yeah, who it yeah, is. that's who it was. Austin Harnick. He went back to back. He got the win last week and then got the pro stock win again this week. So congratulations to Harnick on picking up the pro stock special. And I can back you up, Zach. I found a little cool story court story too as well. For only the second time in the history of America's most famous short track, a female racer won a late model race. Saturday night 
at Hickory Motor Speedway wow. in North Carolina. Annabeth Barnes Crum of Hidden Right, North Carolina, took over the lead on a restart with 12 laps remaining and pulled away in the closing laps to win the night's second late model twin 40. With the win, Crum became the first female to win a late model race on the track since Chrissy Wallace won in 2007. For much of the 40-lap feature, it was a game of survival for drivers battling at the front. Mike Looney, Shane Lee, Thomas Bean, uh, Vincent Midas, Mason Diaz, and Mason Ludwig all took turns at the front of the field before various incidents took them out of contention. Crum, who started eighth in the race, avoided trouble early in the race and put herself in a position to pounce on the lead on the on the night's final restart. So congratulations to her. Well, race fans are very excited here in the state of Michigan. We'll go over that more coming up in just a minute. But uh, let's talk about the Lane Automotive All-Star Performance Tri-City Merit Speedway Challenge Series, supported by American Ethanol. They will open their season this weekend, starting Friday, June 12th, from Tri-City. $3,000 is on the line for Tri-Cities race on Friday. But Blackmere, Mike Blackmere, promoter of both speedways, says that Saturday's race from Merritt Speedway will pay $5,000 to win, making it a total $8,000 to win weekend between the two tracks. Uh, the rest of the schedule, originally expected to play out with a July 24th and 25th event, August 28th and 29th, a pair of $10,000 to win affairs on Saturday, September 6th for Merritt Speedway and Friday, September 12th at Tri-City for the season finales. Now, according to Mike Blackmere, uh, things are still mostly on track for that to happen. He told us earlier this week, quote, you know, I've really only lost one week of the Challenge Series. June 13th was supposed to be our second show anyhow, and I think I can make it up. Blackmere says the $10,000 championship payout is still a very good possibility as well, saying, quote, that's the goal. So exciting stuff going on right now at Tri-City and Merritt Speedways. Looking forward to getting there in the coming weeks. And Zach, the Solid Rock Carriers Cars Tour went on as planned at Ace Speedway Saturday night in North Carolina, despite the governor's ban on outdoor gatherings. Governor Roy Cooper's executive order on phase two of reopening limits public gatherings in North Carolina to 25 people at places like stadiums and racetracks. In a letter to uh, Alamance County officials, the governor's general counsel said uh, in part, holding races with more than 25 people in the stands poses a serious health risk of people in Alamance County and throughout the state. But that's not the end of the story, Zach. <laughs> uh, of course it isn't, right? But officials moved forward with the event and posted a sign outside of the race entrance that read as follows. This event is held in peaceful protest of injustice and inequality everywhere. And as we all know, Zach, protests are not restricted under the First Amendment in the United States Constitution. Over 2,000 fans attended the event on Saturday night. And uh, Zach, surprisingly, uh, the, the Alamance County Sheriff's Office is evaluating the events of Saturday night. <laughs> well, uh, hopefully they get to continue to protest uh, throughout the uh, the next couple of weeks. I think that we've shown here in, in the state of Michigan through Merritt Speedway that you can race safely and and, and still get a chance to get your season in. So uh, I hope that I hope the tracks around the country get a chance to still do that. Exactly, and you know, Zach, we're going to go into here's the deal a little bit, and and you know we're. We talked last week, you were a little bit upset. You know, you said, come on, racetracks, you know, just let's get open. You wanted them to open up. 
Well, somebody was listening to Zach Heiser this week <laughs> because we got a bunch of racetracks racing this weekend. So, Zach, thank you very much for working with these racetracks and getting them all open. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, I tell you what, it was, you know, we looked at what Mike Blackmere was able to do at Merritt Speedway. He sat down, he laid out a plan. Here's what I want to do. Here's a brand new release form to to keep him covered if, as far as insurance goes. And I just wasn't seeing other tracks do that. Well, now all of a sudden, Rich, really with, with no clear green light from state government, it looks like these tracks are going to open. And, and there's a long list of them as well. And um, there's a lot of question marks. There's a lot of question marks. But as of right now, Monday, June 8th, we got a full list of tracks that are set to go this weekend. Exactly. And what, what we have to say, we have to qualify this. We don't know if they went through, you know, I mean, they very well could have gone through the proper channels locally yeah. through the health departments with the county sheriffs uh, and got approval to hold a racing event that that very well could have happened. But all all we care about is there are events on the schedule this weekend on multiple days. And boy, anybody who's a race fan, you have your choice this weekend. Zach, let's start out uh, Friday night, I-96 Speedway. Uh, you may be there with GLSS opening their season. Yes, the Great Lakes Super Sprints getting a chance to go to I-96. That track is a great sprint car track, and I know fans are really looking forward to sprint cars. And uh, they're going to have a full show as well. IMCA modified street stocks, four cylinders, and mini wedges. And pre-sale tickets are available as well. If you want to beat the line, you can do that at I-96speedway.com. And then, Rich... Um, also on Friday, we just talked about it, the beginning of a very cool late model challenge series in the state of Michigan starts Friday. At Friday at Tri-City Speedway, uh, leg number one for the uh, Tri-City Merritt Speedway Challenge Series, $3,000 to win on Friday night uh, at Tri-City. And then if, if you want to hang around up there and make it a weekend, $5,000 to win at Merritt Speedway the next night for the uh, UMP late models. So, uh Gosh, I might have to find my way up to, to Tri-City to check that one out. Yeah, I think that you might actually get sent up there by the folks from Horsepower Happening, so we'll see what happens. Let's stick to Friday um, and uh, the northern Michigan side of things. If uh, you would like to frequent uh, Mount Pleasant Speedway, if you're a fan of Mount Pleasant Speedway, what is that, the cleanest show on dirt, I do believe, is Mount Pleasant Speedway. Um, they will be racing their full show on Friday, June 12th, which will include uh, their modifieds and uh, a really they got a really racy four-cylinder and six-cylinder division there as well. So they'll be in action Friday night for Mount Pleasant Speedway. And then also on Friday, Rich, new ownership, new management getting their first race in at Winston. Exactly. They, you know, they, they plan on having a full show Friday night uh, with fans. All of, all of these races are with fans. So uh, if you're interested in going, uh, go to their website or their Facebook page. Uh, some of them have various different ways to get your tickets, different options to pick those tickets up. So uh, you don't have some of them. Don't, you don't have to wait till you get to the gate to get your tickets. Right. So so uh, for, for those Friday night shows, uh, Look on those websites for those tracks, whatever strikes your fancy, whatever's close to you. Uh, you want to go check out a race, uh, go ahead and do that. Let's continue to look at the list because uh, we mentioned Merritt Speedway Saturday, June 13th. Also going on Saturday uh, on the dirt side, Thunderbird Raceway will be racing their full show, including late models and uh, street stocks and, and modifieds. Um, Butler Motor Speedway scheduled to open on Saturday, June 20th. So make that little earmark. That's Saturday, June 20th. So not this coming weekend, but the weekend following. Um, and then uh, as far as the dirt side of things, that's pretty much what we know right now 
as far as dirt tracks that are scheduled to open. Um, so so you've got this weekend or you've got next weekend for Butler, who is going to open one week from this Saturday. On the pavement side, Rich, Springport also going to be grouped into uh, the following Saturday, but Whittemore Speedway set to go this weekend. Yeah, Whitt- Whittemore, if you, if you live up uh, in the Great White North, that's a little bit of a drive, but I've, I've been there before. Uh, front wheel drive, lead sled, street stocks uh, with mechanics races. Sounds like a fun night up at <laughs> Whittemore to get things started for the 2020 season. And then Northern Michigan Raceway, or Speedway, excuse me, if you're really up in God's country, Northern Michigan Speedway, Saturday, June 13th, they'll go then. And uh, Kinross Speed Park, they are mulling around. They're going to open soon, uh, but it's just not quite uh, laid out yet. And then, Rich, we also should mention um, the tracks that aren't racing this weekend are pretty much all having open practices or private testing of some capacity. Yeah, I did see for the next two weeks, uh, Berlin Raceway is going to have uh, open practice on the 13th and the 20th. So I I think Berlin is maybe looking at uh, around 4th of July, probably if if they're, if they're doing two practice uh, practice weeks. And that's just speculation at this point. We don't know for sure. We don't know for sure, but we know they're going to have a couple practice weeks. Uh, We also know that, uh, Flat Rock Speedway will not open until they have a couple practice weeks. So even when they give the go-ahead, they want to give guys to co- come out. Right now, it's just private testing at Flat Rock Speedway that's open. And then let's not forget at the Toledo Speedway coming up this Saturday. Uh, the Arkham Menard Series East will be in action at Toledo Speedway, unfortunately in Ohio, uh, due to the restrictions, just like at Eldora. No race fans, but NBC Sports Track Pass will be showing that event free of charge for fans that want to watch it 6 p.m. on Saturday. Well, and this just breaking here before a couple of hours before the show tonight, you mentioned Ohio and fans not allowed at Toledo Speedway. Attica Raceway Park put out uh, just around 6 o'clock this evening that fans will be welcome back to Attica Raceway Park. Uh, This news just coming in before we uh, went on the air with this show. Fans will be welcome back to Attica Raceway Park as racing continues this Friday, June 12th, as uh, 410 Sprints, as well as late models and Fremont 305 sprints will be on tap for the event. Fans and race teams are encouraged to download and fill out the COVID-19 waiver, which is going to be the new norm for going to a racetrack nowadays. Uh, Fans are also being asked to adhere to the state's social distancing guidelines, including but not limited to not bringing those with underlying health issues in compromised individuals, uh, immune compromised individuals, I should say, and uh, as well as others who are at most risk. Gates will open at 4.30 p.m. on Friday, June 12th. And uh, then, of course, um, no real limitation on numbers as far as this press release is concerned, as far as the fans that are, are, are invited to come back. So Attica Raceway Park, going to have fans back this weekend. That is good news for Northern Ohio, Zach, which gives me a little bit of hope uh for Toledo in the very near future. They're not far apart from each other, uh, only about an hour or so. So that's helpful. Also want to mention Kalamazoo Speedway also getting ready to do some practice sessions, uh, open practice sessions over at Kalamazoo as well. So uh, a few more racetracks we need to get open uh, in our area. Seems like it's mostly on the pavement side where we're where we're having the slowdown, but we'll get them all open and uh, we'll still have some fun this summer. Yeah, and you know, looking forward to uh, to getting back in action, man. We've missed two months, and uh, it's going to be like gangbusters here over the next couple of weeks. But that's exciting for sure, nonetheless. Hey, speaking of guys who are like gangbusters right now, 
Um, we've got a pair of interviews lined up for you tonight that are just going to be absolutely stellar. Uh, Chad, nope. Ah, I did it. Oh, I did it. Cody Bauer. Cody Bauer. I knew going into the show I was going to do this. And I should have bet you. You should have put money on the line. <laughs> Cody Bauer coming up next, and then Mad Max Stambaugh on the other side as well. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Horsepower Happenings. When the call sounds from race control. Hello, yellow, yellow, bottom of one. Yellow, 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 bottom of one. Top motorsport sanctions rely on the elite team of industry professionals for Motor City Racing Promotions to respond. Highly trained men and women in uniform systematically arrive on scene with their advanced fleet of safety vehicles equipped for the toughest jobs. Hours of annual training and practice are executed with precision as the task is rapidly performed in unison. Each official on the MCRP safety team is SFI certified in short track incident response and demonstrates a comprehensive background in motorsports, firefighting, and emergency medical services. It is their own appreciation of this sport and its growing need for professional motorsports rescue that has been the catalyst behind MCRP safety team's impeccable portfolio. For more information on Motor City Racing Promotion Safety Team, log on to MotorCityRacing.co and look for the MCRP badge at a track near you. If you're searching for a weekly podcast that features local results, news, and insight, then your search stops with Horsepower Happenings. Every Monday night, Zach Heiser and Rich France break down the week in motorsports, from NASCAR to the world of outlaws. Then they go over what's happening in the Great Lakes region. Plus, they sit down with industry professionals, including drivers, car owners, track promoters, and more. Find a complete broadcast schedule and more information at HorsepowerHappenings.com. And follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Suspension Max is a service and solution-based manufacturer of automotive suspension and specialty parts. Based out of Bay City, Michigan, the local company began servicing clients in 2002. Suspension Max serves the automotive aftermarket as well as engineers and produces specialty suspension components for original equipment manufacturers and government contracts. Learn more about what they can do for you at SuspensionMax.com or call 1-888-629-9226. Suspension Max, the leveling kit experts. Hi, this is Hayden Sprague, driver of the Ross Mortgage, number 41 FRD Chevy, and you're listening to Horsepower Hacks. Welcome back to Horsepower Happening. Zach Heiser, Rich France with you on a beautiful Monday evening. Rich, it's time for our first interview on the night. Let us know who we're chatting with. Well, uh, this gentleman's 26 years old, makes his home in Farwell, Michigan. And uh, this young man picked up his first ever late model feature win a little over a week ago at the Merritt Speedway. A first time guest on the program, Zach uh, Cody Bauer. Welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Hi, thank you. Glad to be on the show. Now, first of all, uh, before we get into last week, uh, and of course, most fans know your family has a very long history in racing throughout Michigan, but uh, kind of give us an idea how you got started. Um, well, I got started in cars when I was about 11. Um, my parents got me a four-cylinder, and that's kind of what I started off in for, I don't know, probably four years, so I was about 15. And then I got into modified racing until last year. Um, was my first year in the late models. So um, been a long journey for sure. <laughs> now, Zach and I were lucky enough. We were uh, we were at Merritt on opening weekend. And um, to be honest, you were one of the cars that I was very impressed with. Uh, you know, you hurt that motor on the first day. And then you came back like you didn't miss a beat. 
Um, and then the following week is when you picked up that win in that brand new dominator, domination race cars chassis. Uh, then, not just that, then you come back the following week, this weekend, and uh, pick up a heat win and bring it home second in the feature. Did you expect to have this kind of success this quick this season? Um, honestly, not right out of the box. I wasn't sure what to expect. You know, after the year we had last year, um, you know, we we obviously struggled a lot last year. And heck, I was even second guessing myself if I could drive a race car or not still. Um, and uh, I don't know, these new cars that Rusty's got put together, I mean, and him too, uh, they've, they've just been phenomenal. I mean, I couldn't ask for for anything better to drive. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just hoping that kind of carries out throughout the year and we can have a, have an awesome year this year. So this is your sophomore year, correct? In the late model? Yep. My second year. Yep. Okay. So talk to me about what the, what, how does the decision come to make a change? Um, you know, realistically that early in your career, uh, to, to, to make this move to what Rusty Schlenk has going on with domination. Um, it was, it was kind of a timing thing, honestly, um, after last year, we uh, we decided we had to do something different, you know, because our program wasn't, you know, very strong at all. So uh, we decided uh, after a few months what we we're going to do. I seen Rusty was starting his own gig up, and um, uh, we just decided to go with him. You know, it's just seeing how he runs around here, and and uh, I can't be more happy with the decision we made right now. It's uh, It's been great. Yeah, and you know, you, you talk about, when we hear people talk about uh, chassis manufacturers, a lot of the things that they talk about are kind of the note-sharing side of things. You know, okay, I know that Rusty's running the same chassis as me, and here's how he does on this style of racetrack. I'm going to call him and see what he's got to say. Have you already been able to lean on, on other domination drivers uh, here in the early part of the season? Yeah, yeah, I know Rusty's run quite a bit this year already, and um, his uh, younger boy there, uh, Colin, he's been racing um quite a few times this year and he's been doing pretty good as well um but yeah as far as that rusty set the car up honestly and i haven't touched a thing since we started so um it's just been that good right out of the box so i'm hoping that it stays like that and we don't got to chase things around um because i know last year with with our other car i mean we were changing stuff left and right trying to get it to work and, and we just couldn't make it happen so and Cody, you know, I, I raced for uh, 25 years and, and your situation reminds me of back in the day near near when I was getting started. I was just, you know, running an old uh, old street stock, uh, running around in the B main. And one of the guys that built chassis says, I want to put I want to put you one of my chassis, I, you know, get one from me. Because if I if I jump in another car and do well, that can sell chassis for me. And that that sure seems like kind of the same situation that you're that, that you uh, kind of walked into at Rusty? Oh, yeah. After we won that uh, that race at Merritt, I think his phone was pretty busy Monday by the sounds <laughs> of it. So, um, no, that's awesome for him. I hope, uh, you know, this early success that we've had will definitely, you know, help him out selling cars. So, and I, and I think that's already shown for sure. Do you feel any pressure, and this is, I know, kind of a funny, funny thing, but do you feel any pressure to perform uh, in that race car right now because of how last year went? I think that, as you already said, your performance last year in the late models was a little bit of a surprise and, and in the wrong category of surprises, right? I think people really expected you to be up front competing for wins on a regular basis, and uh, like you said, you just struggled. Is there pressure to do well this year? Oh, yeah, there's always pressure no matter, you know, what – 
you know, time of year or when you're in a race car, you know, there's always pressure. Um, you know, I think all race car drivers are like that. We don't go out to, to not try and win, you know, mm-hmm. you know, every time we get in the car, we're trying to win. So, um, yeah, that pressure's always been there since I was, you know, just a little kid racing and, and now to go run with these guys that, you know, a lot of like Dona and Spangler and, and some of these guys that I watched race late models as a kid, you know, to go out and compete and, you know, be able to beat them here yeah. and there has been uh, pretty awesome. What has it been like uh, to, to race with those guys? Because uh, Mike Blackmere, I think, shares the sentiment that Rich and I share, and that is that Merritt Speedway and Tri-City Speedway have some of the best late model drivers that you'll see uh, in the state of Michigan, in the Great Lakes region, and arguably in parts of the country. Um, and you get a chance to race with those guys on a, on a fairly regular basis. What is that like for you to get to go door-to-door with the Brandon Thurlby's and the, uh, you know, let's le- let's put David Melky in that category and the Dona Marcoulier, Eric Spangler. What's it like for you yeah. to be side-by-side side with them? It's awesome. You know, it, it's really exciting. And uh, when you can go run run with them and, and compete and be competitive, it's it's a lot of fun. You know, unlike last year, it was, you know, a struggle. It was, it was kind of hard to have fun doing it when you, you know, when you can't be up there competing for wins and top fives and whatnot. Um, but as far as that goes, yeah, they're, you know, they're the best in the state of Michigan, that's for sure. So if you can run with them, you're, you're definitely doing something right. Now you've got a chance to get comfortable in that new car, uh, picked up a win along the way. Now you have a big weekend coming up uh, with that challenge series starting on Friday at Tri-City, Saturday at Merritt, $8,000 on the line all weekend long. Um, I might just pick you to win one of those races this weekend. <laughs> We're sure going to try. I'll tell you, we got to, we got to get us a new motor beings. We broke that one first night out and, um, this, this is actually our backup motor that's has, uh, all season last year on it. So, mm. um, this one's, uh, a little weird and it needs, it needs a break. So, uh, yeah, we're definitely be gunning for the, for the money this weekend. Does that change what you do behind the wheel as a driver to know that you've got an engine that under the hood that is lapped out? And, uh, I mean, does that change how hard you go? Oh yeah. You want to, you want to be easy on them for sure. But you know, at the same time to start off the night, I mean, you got to, if you want to be up front in the heat, you got to lay a good lap down, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so you're just kind of hoping and praying <laughs> everything, you know, stays together. At what I, po- I don't think, I don't think this weekend is the weekend you're going to want to be easy on it. <laughs> just, right, just throwing right. that out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's gonna, it's definitely gonna, uh, take its toll this weekend for sure. Well, and I wanted to ask too, because, uh, you, you kind of had some work to do Saturday at Merritt. Um, and, the track was was uh, different than it had been all season. It kind of reverted back to that dry slick that we were used to seeing um, last year, and and it was hard to pass. But very race at the same time, we saw Melky challenge Marcoulier, and then all of a sudden we saw you challenge Melky and get around him ultimately for second. Did you leave anything on the table Saturday night at Merritt? Um, honestly, right off the get, I don't think uh, our car wasn't as good. But towards the end of the race, um, it and it's done this all year. It, the last 10 laps it started started getting better and better and better um but yeah it's uh i think we were comparable with dona as far as our cars were were pretty equal um i don't think i would have been able to get around them unless we were to maybe hit lap traffic and and something crazy happened there but you know dona's so good he don't make you know he don't make mistakes so he's a he's a hard one to beat especially at Merritt. As you look forward to, as Rich alluded to, the uh, Tri-City, the Merritt Speedway Tri-City Challenge that's coming up this weekend, um, do you have laps at Tri-City? Do you, do you have notes on that place? Yeah, yep. we raced there last year, and, um, you know, 
it was a struggle for us last year all year so i'm hoping hoping with this new car we can uh you know make something happen there this year so how, how does that track race to you in comparison i mean obviously it's it's one thing to have some great success like you're having at Merritt speedway uh will that transfer over to tri-city do you think you'll be able to take some of what you know and and, and apply it there yeah i think um they're, they're you definitely drive the tracks different um i feel like tri-city's more of a momentum track where you know Merritt's kind of a you know drag race down the straightaways and make the corner type track you know um, but yeah, I think, I think our car will be good there. Um, we'll just have to wait and find out Friday, but I know in the slick, our car has been doing very well, you know, all year so far. So now I got to talk to you a, a minute about the Tommy Bauer Memorial. That's when I first met, uh, met your dad, Chad. And, um, I, I know with everything going on, are you guys still trying to work out a place to get that done again this year? Because, the first one I saw was at Mount Pleasant, and that was a real cool deal. Yeah, I know we were just talking about that the other day, and uh, you know we'd really like to, but <laughs> it's kind of hard. And and I know um, you know all the track promoters in the state right now running into this. You know it's kind of hard to go ask people to you know you know put money down on on a race right now with all the stuff we just went through. Um, I know my dad. I think he raised was twenty three thousand dollars for that race every year. And it's, and it's just local businesses here in, in our little town um, that put up the money. So I don't know if he's still going to attempt to try and do it or not, but um, it's definitely definitely hard to ask for, you know, sponsorship right now in the, with all this stuff going on. So, How's everything going up there in your neck of the woods, by the way? Is, uh, you know, businesses are reopening. We just had some um, – we just got some serious opening down here when they opened bars and restaurants uh, today. How's everything going up in your neck of the woods? Yeah, I think everything's pretty much opened up now. Um, I guess I haven't been into a restaurant or anything yet, but it did <laughs> sound like everything was, you know, starting to reopen. Um, so so hopefully that's the case and everybody can get their businesses back rolling. Well, uh, chatting with Cody Bauer and, uh, you know, with everything that's going on, it's so exciting to get back to the racetrack. What are your plans for the remainder of the 2020 season? Um, you know, obviously you're, you're – pretty well committed to Merritt Speedway that's where we see you on a very regular basis what else do you have uh, that you're looking forward to this year um I know we'll definitely run the challenge series there um between Merritt and Tri-City um and uh, I don't know I'm sure we'll be at Merritt every Saturday we haven't really discussed it a whole lot honestly um I know at the end of the year we'll probably go hit some bigger shows maybe out of state um we like to do that every year mm -hmm. you know we'll go see some different tracks but yeah for for the majority of the year, I'm sure we'll be at Merritt and Tri-City for the most part. Now, when I knew we were going to have an interview with you, I had to, I, I saved up some questions because I had to ask you about this. Tell <laughs> me about this snowmobile racing. I've watched, uh, I had the opportunity to, to do a look in on that I-500 snowmobile race. And that is some crazy stuff that there isn't a part of my brain that would ever think about doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, it's definitely a, a different breed of racers that you're with there. Um, it's, uh, you know, the danger factor there is a little more than, than what it is in, in the cars because you got a roll cage. But, um, no, it's, it's fun. Uh, you know, typically we get a, about a month and a half, two-month break, you know, every year before we're going right back into one of the other race seasons. So, <laughs> we're, and you run, uh, and we're you run like, and, and there's a tour that you run, right? With the, with that, you don't just, it's not just the I-500 that you run. Yep. Yep. We run the I-500s, our big one, you know, for the winter. It'd be like the, your Super Bowl or, 
or whatever. But, um, yeah, we run the Myra series and they have, uh, them are on half mile tracks. Um, and the Sioux a mile track. Mm. So, um, we ran, I think four or five races last year, half mile races. And then the Sioux as well. I'm give, with, me a car, give me a car with a roll cage yeah, and I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I was yeah. going to say, I'm with Rich here. I don't know that there's anything that would possess me to want to ride one of those things competitively. <laughs> it's it's definitely an adrenaline rush, that's for sure. Well, Cody yes. Bauer, uh, it's been a pleasure to chat with you. And, and as Rich said, unfortunately, we weren't there to see you get the win. But I do want to give you a chance to, uh, you know, here on this platform, thank those who make it possible for you to be at the racetrack every weekend and uh, who got you to victory lane that night. Yeah, there's a lot of people I got to thank, and I hope I don't forget anybody. But first off, um, Bob and Donna, you know, I wouldn't, uh, um, I wouldn't even be in a late model if it wasn't for them guys, um, helping me get the car to get started and, and keep things going. Um, you know, Mike, he's over there at the garage every night helping. My dad, um, all our sponsors, uh, Chris Heating and Cooling, SNS Collision, Racer Speed Shop, uh, Blue Wrench Repair. Slater Brothers Lumber, um, Domination Race Cars, uh, Mackenzie Racing, Tommy Bauer Excavating, Shaker Oil, um, Autos Retreat. I think I got them all. Mackenzie Racing, did I say that you one? You did, yeah. I think yeah, you got them okay. all. <laughs> I think, I, think <laughs> I, I got them all. I know. It's I'm a not little... even looking at the car either. I'm exactly. <laughs> it's harder to do it when you're not in victory lane and can look back at the billboard yeah. and see what you got going on. Well, that's, you know, I got to thank everybody, you know, my everyone that pitches in, you know, Austin, all our crew guys that, you know, I mean, it takes a lot of hours in the shop, you know, TJ, you know, everybody that pitched in and, and help get this deal going. It's been, uh, you know, we appreciate every one of them for sure. Well, Cody, we appreciate you being on the show tonight. Congratulations on a red heart, a red hot start to the 2020 season and good luck this coming weekend at the uh, Merritt Tri-City Challenge Series. Hope to, uh, hope to hear of you getting in victory lane again this weekend. Awesome. Thank you, guys. All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, Max Stambaugh on the other side. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Horsepower Happenings. If you're searching for a weekly podcast that features local results, news, and insight, then your search stops with Horsepower Happenings. Every Monday night, Zach Heiser and Rich France break down the week in motorsports, from NASCAR to the world of outlaws. Then they go over what's happening in the Great Lakes region. Plus, they sit down with industry professionals, including drivers, car owners, track promoters, and more. Find a complete broadcast schedule and more information at horsepowerhappenings.com and follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. When the call sounds from race control, hello, yellow, yellow, bottom of one, yellow, 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 bottom of one. Top motorsport sanctions rely on the elite team of industry professionals for Motor City Racing Promotions to respond. Highly trained men and women in uniform systematically arrive on scene with their advanced fleet of safety vehicles equipped for the toughest jobs. Hours of annual training and practice are executed with precision as the task is rapidly performed in unison. Each official on the MCRP safety team is SFI certified in short track incident response and demonstrates a comprehensive background in motorsports, firefighting, and emergency medical services. It is their own appreciation of this sport and its growing need for professional motorsports rescue that has been the catalyst behind MCRP safety team's impeccable portfolio. For more information on Motor City Racing Promotion Safety Team, log on to MotorCityRacing.co and look for the MCRP badge at a track near you. Hey, you know, racers know now more than ever that money should be spent wisely. 
That's where Hubco comes in. Uh, metal fabrication, that's what they do. Racer-owned and operated, Luke Hubble knows the value of good quality products at a fair price. Right now, 24-inch pit lifts with a hydraulic pump start at just $875. Upgrades are available, too, including powder coating, LED lights, and a waterproof pump case. Uh, not just a case, the cart, the whole thing. It's all available. To place an order, simply find Hubco on Facebook, log on to hubcolifts.com, or call 269-838-0029. This is Barry Marlowe, owner of Motor of Great Lakes Sprint, and you're listening to Horsepower Welcome back to Horsepower Happening. Zach Heiser, Rich France with you. Uh, and uh, time for our second interview on the night, Rich. And uh, happy to get a chance to uh, get some more sprint car content on the show this week. Yeah, Zach, a uh, little bit of wing sprint car on the show. Uh, he is the driver of the Joe and Diane Ceiling number 97 wing sprint car. He's 24 years old. Makes his home in Alita, Ohio. Uh, Max Stambaugh, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Yeah, I'm glad to be here tonight. Glad I could join you guys. Now, usually we talk, most everybody we've talked to so far this spring uh, hasn't been on a racetrack, uh, but you found a way to get out a couple of times and uh, actually had a pretty good run down at Atomic. Talk about that. Yeah, um, kind of a different situation this year with everything going on. So uh, we uh, finally got to run that uh, 410 Invitational race at Atomic, and then we uh, went to uh, Arkansas that weekend in the family car. So got to do two races down there and uh, had two, two top fives down there and then got around Attica. Now, what do you, I'm, I'm assuming, uh, I'm assuming you're look, looking forward to this weekend at I-96, correct? Yeah. Yep. Friday night. So t tell me about what you got. Are you driving the same car, uh, the uh, Joe and Diane Ceiling 97 there as well? Yep. Yeah, I'll be in the all races uh, in Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, stuff like that. We'll all be in the 97 this year. So uh, pretty excited to join them. We we got together about uh, I'd say three quarters away through last year, finished the year together, and uh, it's a great group of people. So it uh, makes my job easy. It's been really interesting, Max, to watch your career in, in sprint car racing as it evolves. It seems like you are successful no matter whose equipment you get behind. I think, uh, you know, that a lot of people will remember you uh, in the in the Home Pro roofing car. And then you had that uh, that stint there with the <clears throat> excuse me, with the folks um, in the uh, the uh, Ray Marshall Motorsports car. And uh, you have had success no matter what you get behind the wheel of. And uh, I think people are really looking forward to seeing what you can do this year with a full season with Joe and Diane Sealing. Do you have any goals uh, laid out for yourself this year in 2020? Uh, I'd say, you know, for me, it's just uh, getting to the racetrack. Um, like you uh, like you just said, I've been pretty fortunate in my career to race with a bunch of people. You know, uh, running the All-Stars with Ray Marshall is probably the highlight of my my career so far, I'd say. Um, you know, uh, Shannon Eifert with Home Pro Racing, that was a good deal for a little bit. Uh, Shannon Shannon knew what it took to win races, and he gave you the equipment. You just had to get the job done. So um, I feel like I did him, did him a good job and uh, got to drive for uh, Greg Wheeler a little bit as well last year a couple times, and uh, we won a race at Butler. And I forget what that race was called, but um, it, it was one of their bigger sprint car shows. So, uh, you know, this, this year goal-wise, I'd say just uh, get some wins and be consistent. 
Yeah, and, you know, I actually am surprised to hear, you know, 24 years old and, and some of the things that you have done, uh, you know, former Rookie of the Year at Limeland Motorsports Park and, and a point share with the Motorsports Park and the NRA Sprint Invaders, second place in Sprint Invaders points in 2014, and then, man, 2015 came along and you started racking up some wins and really making a name for yourself. How did you get into sprint car racing and, and what, what about it makes you so successful? I actually live um, about a mile from Limeland. So um, growing up as a kid, my dad would get home from work, and that was the big thing, you know, go out to the watch the sprint car races. So me growing up, I used to, you know, watch like Scott Carter and, uh, you know, Luke Hall and, you know, all your all your local guys, Darren Long. Well, and, and watching all those drivers race down there in Ohio and then coming up to Michigan and running and in Indiana as well, um, now you've kind of got this thing going on. You have your own equipment that you race in when you get a chance as well um, on the side with the Joe and Diane ceiling thing. Um, what are you doing in, in your own equipment right now? Um, we're just uh, doing kind of a hit and miss deal. Um, that's a deal I got with uh, Wicked Cushion. He's big on the iRacing world. Um, you guys should probably check him out. I, I, you've probably heard of him, Zach. But mm. um, he, he's, uh, he's very big into that, so he's kind of helped us out because I do a lot of iRacing. So um, just uh, run that car. You know, if there's some 360 shows, you know, worth going to, we'll try and go. Now, Zach, Zach and I talked a little bit earlier in the show um, about tracks that are opening up, um, you know, at least here in the Michigan area. And unfortunately, uh, you know, the only one that showed anything for wing sprint cars was I-96 coming up this Friday. Uh, what do you are there any shows that you know about that uh, that you're also putting on the schedule? Because uh Right now, it seems like it's just hard, and you're kind of at a waiting game, aren't you? Yeah, it's, it's kind of, you know, wait till Monday or Tuesday and see who's posting their racing. So uh, we'll be at, uh, you know, I-96 Friday, and then Saturday we're actually going to go to Orville, Ohio, and run uh, Wayne County. Um, so we got a 360 and a 410 race for us on tap this weekend. So we're going we're gonna to try and stay busy. How, how difficult has it been for somebody like you who probably is used to getting in, I'm going to guess, somewhere in the 60 to 70 races a year? Is that accurate? I, yeah, run around 50 normally. Okay. So how difficult has this been for you right now to be looking at the fact that tonight it's June 8th and you've got, what, half a dozen maybe races under your belt here in 2020? It's, uh, <laughs> it's definitely, uh, I just remember last weekend we are, you know, the other weekend we have Memorial Day weekend and I didn't know what to do with myself. You know, I'm usually <laughs> used to like a three day race weekend somewhere or something. Yeah. I mean, I, I got the full deal, uh, the Memorial Day from, uh, my, you know, the family. So, uh, I definitely got to spend some time doing that. What do you foresee in sprint car racing right now? Because, you know, up here in Michigan, there's one track that runs sprint cars on a weekly basis, and that's Butler. And then aside from that, you're really relying on, um, you know, maybe the the Attica and Fremont Challenge. Uh, NRA sprints is a little bit of a question mark right now. Um, are, are you concerned at all about the amount of racing that you might get to do in the Great Lakes region just due to the schedule being pushed back so far? Um, I'd say, you know, um, like you said, Butler runs every week, Attica Fremont run every week. You know, Barry, Barry's doing a real good job right now promoting the Great Lakes Super Sprints. So, you know, Barry kind of keeps it uh, pretty nice for us. He, he always has races going, not every Friday, but, uh, you know, it's at least two, three times a month. So um, I think sprint car racing is in a good good place right now um, with the GLSS, with, you know, your local 410 stuff, um, when the All-Stars come around. Uh, just I think sprint cars are uh, – 
pretty good right now. And, you know, uh, Barry kind of cued us in on this, uh, you know, the Great Lakes Sim Racing. Zach's helping out a little bit with that, uh, announcing some of those races. Uh, you look pretty strong out there. Tell me this real sprint car racing isn't quite as easy because you just picked up your third win last night. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's not. Um, I will say, though, for, you know, like during off season and when you're not racing and stuff, it kind of keeps your head in the game, you know, with, um, you know, being behind cars and, you know, just getting the atmosphere of a race. But, you know, I think we all both know that there's nothing compared to, uh, you know, running a full-size sprint car in real life and the, uh, the adrenaline you get. And, and that's another thing. That's another thing I was going to ask you. Does it, uh, does it really help you uh, with the real sprint car or, or is it uh, more on the fun side that you do it just to stay, to be, stay busy? I, I think it helps out, you know, um, I think it helps out a little bit, but it gets to a certain point and then, you know, you got to get behind the real thing. So um, I guess if I was going to do it more, I, I probably need to get like a simulator and make it right. You know, I'm just playing off the computer and, you know, a little monitor, but uh, it's working out good now. So I like it. Now, I, I'm going to do something here only because, um, you know, when, when we get tips and when we get leads on horsepower happenings, we try to we try to follow up with them and see what we can find out. But uh, my understanding is you you might owe some some uh, some graphic rights to some guy named Chad Finley uh, for your iRacing deal. <laughs> he, he he wants to know when you're going to send the check to him for running his paint scheme this week. Well, I, I was actually just going to call him at my checks after running his car. Every week. So, uh, no, he, he's been a buddy of mine. We met actually on iRacing and uh, finally got to meet in person at Attica. Um, we met him through our buddy Trevor Berry. So um, he's been pretty fun to race with on there, and it sounds like his uh, year's starting off to a good start for him, and, and uh, that's a good thing. Yeah, you know, uh, Chad's a friend of the program. We've had him on a couple times, and like you said, he's starting off with a, with a solid season. What is it like, you know, I think about driver connections, and I think about sprint car guys being friends and connections with sprint car guys. Is there anything you can lean on somebody like Chad who's seen so much racing all the way up through the NASCAR ranks and then right back down to the local side? Do, do you lean on him for anything in the racing world? Um, I would say, you know, there might be a time where he's at a racetrack that I'm going to be coming to next or other way around, you know. So um, if, you know, like, for example, he's at Merritt, and I think there might be a Merritt Sprint Car Show later this year. I don't yeah, know for sure. The, uh, the GLSS did have one on the schedule, so our, our understanding is okay. they're going to try to get that back on. Sweet, yeah. And, you know, that's something I asked him about the track because I've been to Merritt one time, and that was years ago. So I was kind of curious to hear about the track and stuff. So. Um, just kind of stuff like that. It's 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 always a good thing in racing to not uh, not have many enemies and try to have more friends. What do you have looking forward here? Uh, you know, we kind of talked about 2020, and you know, it's it's about consistent finishes and running up front. Um, you don't seem like the type of guy necessarily who tries to run for championships. But do you do you have any any uh, goals down the line to try and run for any sort of championships around here? Um, I, I think so. You know. Um, it's hard to say, you know, I, this is kind of probably the first time since Ray Marshall that I've been a consistent ride for, you know, like we're looking at a whole year. So um, I like I guess all I can say is it's not that I don't want to run for championships. It just never worked out um, with rides and opportunities. So um, eventually, you know, I, I hope I can be a GLSS championship or uh, like a fast champion or something like that. Well, and, and to, to go back to where we were at the beginning of the interview, I think that this is probably uh, one of the most exciting or, or uh, one of the most uh, opportunistic chances for you to go to I-96 Speedway. It seems like you run really well on these bigger racetracks, including I-96. Do you think you have what it takes to go to Victory Lane this Friday? 
I, uh, I think, uh, I think we'll be in the hunt. Um, you know, Phil Grussman, I think he had a pretty stellar <laughs> year last year when we were up there. Yeah, you got to mention um, his name when you go to I-96, don't you? Absolutely. Mr. Absolutely. Mr. I-96. <laughs> yeah, Mr. I-96, right. Yep, yep. Uh, like they say, he's the, he's the gas man. So um, he, he's always a real good racer, and, uh, you know, he's, he is friendly too. So that's a good thing about Phil you got to respect him uh, for what he's done for the sport as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Greg Dolman. Um, he'll be coming out strong. I bet uh, he's got really good equipment, and uh, he knows he knows what it takes to, uh, you know, make it all happen. Uh, Jared Horseman will be there. Ryan Rule, you know, Dustin Dagger. There, there's a big list of people that are going to be, you know, uh, in the hunt. So it's all just going to come down to got to be quick all night. Got to qualify. Got to be good in your heat. Got to be good in the air. And you know, Max, you just went through it. You know, Zach and I have been there when we work work for the ethanol tours when you guys ran there as well and um i mean you just said it that's a tough series you just named about uh, half a dozen guys any one of those any one of you guys can win on any given night yeah and that's the thing you know sometimes it's just not your night you know i guess i guess my outlook um my outlook's always been like if i can go in and run top five i feel like i did a good job you know so um you know the way the cards go and the redraw grows if if Zach's announcing Friday and he's got the redraw, uh, I guess I'll put it on Zach. <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks a lot, Max. Uh, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, if a $20 bill ends up in my pocket along the way, I'll see what I can do. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but, yeah, you know, the Rich Rich said it. There's so much good competition. We didn't even talk about the young man, Andrew Scheid, who's a friend of the program. We understand that he'll be coming back uh, to race the, the GLSS series this year as well. So it's just going to be a lot of fun, and I think there's a lot of excitement built building up to getting GLSS back to the racetrack and none other than I-96 Speedway. So I don't know about you, Max, but we're excited to see it unfold. Yeah, yeah, definitely am. You know, like you said, Shide's a good uh, good young racer. There's a lot of young racers coming up, and um, I think GLSS is in a good hand right now, and I think I-96 is too. I think we're going to see a lot of sprint car races there. Well, Max, it's been a pleasure to chat with you tonight and kind of get your take on what's going on and, and hear about what you're doing in your career. Um, I know it's early, and I know you haven't gone to Victory Lane yet this year, but you're very close. And uh, so I want to give you a chance here on this platform to thank any sponsors or, or you know anyone that you need to thank for what you got going on right now. I just you know want to thank uh, Joe and Diane Sillian for the opportunity they give me. You know, It's been a rough couple years. Um, here lately and to find a consistent ride and a guy that wants to put the money into the into the race car and the equipment means a lot to me as a driver and uh, me and joe got a pretty good relationship so really thankful for that uh, sugar street bar and grill um specialized therapy triple j communications um you know that's that's about it that's everybody right there that uh you know benefits us and takes us to the racetrack well, Max, again, thanks for joining us on the program uh, tonight, and we look forward to hopefully getting a chance to see you uh, maybe Friday at I-96. Rich and i got to decide who's going where because there's a lot of racing going on in the state of Michigan now, uh, but hopefully we get a chance to see you Friday. Absolutely. We'll be there. Well, again, our thanks to Cody Bauer for joining us tonight and uh, Mad Max Stambaugh, excited to uh, hopefully get to see some sprint car racing in the state of Michigan again and late model racing firing back up as well. So uh, that's very cool, very exciting. Rich, finally, finally, 10, 12 weeks. We have not been able to do this part of the show. uh, and, And realistically, it was part of our Here's the Deal segment. But looking ahead, all sorts of races to choose from this weekend. If you don't find a race to go check out sometime this weekend, Zach, you really haven't tried too hard. They're they're out there. Uh, they're opening up. It's 
I can't believe we're saying this, and it and it's still June. To be yeah. honest with you, um, it's amazing, and uh, I get to let you close us with your favorite saying tonight. Absolutely. Well, I tell you what, for Rich France, Scott Menlin, I'm Zach Heiser. Thanks so much for tuning in, and also don't feel pressured if you are not ready to go back to the racetrack. That is absolutely understandable. That's why you've got your favorite podcast lined up every Monday night. So thanks so much for tuning in again for Rich France, Scott Menlin, president of uh, the the company. I'm Zach Heiser, inviting you to get your backside track side this weekend and hopefully we'll see you there thanks so much for tuning in we'll talk next week right here on horsepower happenings you've been listening to horsepower happenings on the motor city racing network catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com and be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening